All right, so what's up, guys? Today we have Chris from Elite Window Cleaning. He started out high-rise window cleaning in 2006 and then would go on to start his own window cleaning company in 2012 with a borrowed car, bucket, and a plan. Amazing. So then over the next few years, he's able to build a profitable window cleaning business until he witnessed an employee almost falling off a 40-foot ladder right in front of him. This forced him to reevaluate the industry and design and develop an amazing water-fed window cleaning system. With this system, he was able to grow his business to a $1 million plus window cleaning operation in just two years and then went on to franchise the business throughout Canada and the United States. So that's just a little bit about Chris. Um, we'll get into some questions. Yeah, yeah. So, so just um, could you just give us your story? I know we kind of introed it a bit, but um, yeah. you know how you started, and then up until now, and then your vision for, sure. for the business. So, backstory on myself is uh, I I was actually working in the music industry before uh, before I kind of found window cleaning. Um, I'd been working in recording studios for uh, for. I, most of my life, that's where I thought uh, my passion really, really lied and, and kind of got to the top of that uh, mountain. And I was working in some big studios with some great artists, but I wasn't, uh, wasn't really feeling very fulfilled. So I thought, you know, I got to take and reevaluate my life and just, you know, cold start. So I left the music industry and uh, was actually walking home the day I quit. And I saw a high rise window cleaner. And I thought, you know what, that looks like a good way to do something while I figure out what's next in my life. I'm going to be that guy for a bit and then I'll figure out what my career path is. And I just, so I started, I waited till the guy got to the ground. I introduced myself, said I was looking for work. Lucky enough, got hired on the spot and started. And literally like day one, I just fell in love with cleaning windows. There's something like the instant gratification of washing a window and it going from dirty to perfectly clean in a matter of seconds was was something that I loved. So um, I just continued and I, I worked in the industry in Vancouver, Canada, um, all across Canada. I worked for different companies and I actually went to Australia for a couple of years and uh, cleaned windows in Australia. 2012, I moved back to my hometown in Kingston, Ontario, Canada here, uh, like you said, with, with a borrowed car and some hand tools and said, I'm going to start my own business and uh, was fortunate enough to close a, a couple big contracts in the commercial space out of the gates, get an employee, get a second employee, and the business kind of grew pretty quick. Um, we doubled it in year two. We doubled it again in year three. And all this time we were using traditional methods, ladders, you know, ropes for the high-rise guys, buckets and squeegees. And like you said, one day I was footing a ladder uh, for a close friend and, and coworker. And he, we were talking, he was climbing up a 40 and just missed a rung and oh, they caught himself luckily, but almost, you know, fell and could have really, really hurt himself. So I went, if I'm going to scale this business to where I wanted it to be, there has to be a way for me to impart a new method. There has to be safety. Um, water fed was pretty early. Like you see a lot of guys have water fed setups and it seems like it's kind of been around forever. I'd used it in my career, but in 2012, even though that was only a decade ago, Waterfed wasn't mainstream. It wasn't easy to get. There was only, you know, Tucker was around. There's a couple companies around, but they weren't, it wasn't accepted within the industry. So 
they were probably those big metal poles too, right? Yeah, they, they were big. They're heavy. Yeah, so I went out and I said, okay, well, I don't like what's available to me. Um, I'm kind of a tinker. I'm going to build something. I looked at our groundwater. I knew that we needed dual RODI setup. So I basically set out, I bought the parts and I built a filtration system. I found a carbon fiber supplier in China and had them make and send me poles and just kind of built this system. And it, it, it blew my mind. It worked perfectly. You know, the, the zero parts per million pure water was giving the customer the same results. Safety was through the roof and uh, we were doing things in half the time. So that's when we really looked at okay, we figured out how we want to deliver clean windows to people. Now, how do we get more clients and how do we grow our business? And that's where the other side of it comes in, where I built out a call center. I knew that if I could get a couple agents who just knew how to sell window cleaning and I could flat rate the business, they'd be able to close jobs without having me having to go do a million quotes. As you guys know, like, you know, you work all day and then you got to go look at this house or you got to touch, you know, do a touch up on this house or you got to go see this customer. And it was just burning me out. So I, uh, I, I flat rated our pricing. So uh, in Canada, it's $98 to clean the exterior windows on any home up to 2,800 square feet. So your standard cul-de-sac home, exterior window cleaning, 98 bucks, and then screen removal, screen cleaning, those are add-ons, track cleanings, add-ons, interiors, add-ons you know, side and cleaning, that's all add-ons to build up that bigger price. But when we launched that $98 price point in 2016, it, it was crazy. Like we booked out our whole season. All my trucks were booked out, um, with, you know, kind of by the end of, uh, of March, which in Canada here is just crazy. Cause there's still snow on the ground. Um, we knew we were onto something, so I just pushed it and I scaled it. And over the next two years, I took the company from just shy of 400,000 to 1.2 million. Um, and, and that's in a 35 week season because our winter, we can't really operate. Um, and we knew we were onto something. So we started looking at franchising and how we could, uh, how we could grow by bringing on partners in new cities and growing their business and supplying them with the same tools and techniques that we'd, we'd seen success with here. And that's kind of, where we are today is we're franchising across uh, across Canada. We ran a pilot program in Florida in uh, five cities called Lemonade Window Cleaning, and that went really well. So we're building out a uh, franchise program for Lemonade in the U.S. right now. And really, we've just taken the industry and boiled it down to, you know, what is that blue ocean territory? What is that customer, you know? And also like, I get it. I've been in this industry since 2006. I've I've slung a squeegee on the top of the 40. I know the pushback from other people in the industry that see us go in with this $98 price point and go, how this, you know, how are these guys make money at that point? And it's really a systems-based thing. It's, It's less about working on small margins and it's more about the system behind capturing a ton of leads. Like it's nothing for my crew too to go out and do, you know, 1598 exteriors in a day. So you end up with a crew of two bringing in, you know, $1,500 on an average day. So um, that's kind of our story. That's kind of what we do. And uh, yeah, whatever you guys got for questions, I'm, uh, I love talking about it. I love the industry, man. I, I'm stoked to see young guys like you guys, you know, pressing, pressing into it, you know, uh, Johnny, we met in the trends group. Uh, I was just like, I was floored that there was another window cleaner in that group. Like you guys are, you guys are cutting bleeding edge. And I think that, uh, 
you know, what, what you guys make of your business from, from today will be super exciting to see. Cause you're, you're definitely where, you know, where I was two decades ago. <laughs> well, thanks man. But, uh, you're a huge, you're a huge success, dude. Um, it's crazy. You went to a million in two years. Yeah. Like that's insane growth, especially for a service-based business when you've got to add employees and yeah. add employees to, to grow that revenue. So, I mean, super impressive. One big part of that was uh, lowering the barrier of entry. So I like to look at Elite and Lemonade as less of a window cleaning operation and more of a customer service operation because with WaterFed, you're able to get, you don't have to hire on broad shoulders and brute strength anymore. You're able to get somebody, you know, who, so I'll, t- I'll tell you a bit of a story. Like our favorite place to find employees is Foot Locker. And the reason it's Foot Locker is because if I go into Foot Locker and some guy is willing to come up to me, put a shoe on my stinky feet, you know, sell me the socks, <laughs> give me a good experience and, you know, upsell me on the socks, try to sell me the, you know, freshener spray. I'm like this, I need this guy as a window cleaner. He's going to go and he's going to blow my customers away, or she's going to go in and blow my customers away. She's going to upsell the tracks, upsell the screens. And that's really, for me, how we got to that scale was focusing less on, oh God, I need to, I'm booking more jobs. I need to find more window cleaners is we focused on, I need to find more people who can deliver amazing customer service because I know I can teach anybody to use a water fed pole over a couple of weeks. So, um, that's been our secret to like scaling employees is, is like looking at it from a different perspective. And like, I get, you know, I'll get carved in some of the pro window cleaning Facebook groups for not doing things old school, but. Oh, know. dude, don't listen to them. Dude, yeah, yeah, those oh, groups yeah, are the no, worst. No, They're <laughs> the worst, dude. You can go um, in there and say, I charged a house for 400 bucks. How are you getting away with that pricing? It's yeah. like you're either too expensive or you're too low. Like the, yeah, everyone yeah. just likes to talk shit. So it's, it's, you know, what you, you make your own, you, we make our own destiny. I'm on my path. You guys are on yours. I look at everybody in the industry and like, I have a market dominating company in the areas that we service, but I tip my hat to every competitor I see on the street. I stop and say, hi, I don't like, it's a, it's a brotherhood. And like, I look at the industry in that way as a whole. And I think there's a lot of power and young guys like yourselves coming into it and just going, you know what, I'm going to do things different. And it's okay that we all do things differently because at the end of the day, your customers are with you and my customers are with me and that's their decision, not, not mine or yours. So um, yeah, hope that kind of answers your employment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and that's kind of why we started this, the Home Detailer Podcast, is because we want to um, kind of bring everyone together. There's no, there's a couple window cleaning podcasts, but there's nothing where it's guys like me and you that want to scale, you know, yeah. that want to build big businesses out of this. I think a lot of people just think of window cleaning as an industry where it's good for a guy and maybe a helper, you know, and a truck. Super fragmented. And that's an opportunity zone for people like yourself and, and what we're doing is, you know, these guys with a helper in a truck and a, in a, in a, I guess like a tenure based uh, customer following, like you go in and you do some radio, like we do radio in every city we're in because there's no window cleaners on the radio and you do radio and the phone starts ringing and you're like, holy crap, my competitors aren't even thinking in this way. Um, because like you said, it's not a, it's not a scale thing for, for everybody. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've had on a couple of guys and yeah, every, every big business we've talked to, um 
does radio. Yeah. So, so we've heard, we got to get on that. We haven't dipped our toes into radio yet, but it works. Definitely radio on, the, works. on the roadmap for sure. Yeah. But um, so what was you, would you close out in revenue for 2020? Uh, 2020 1.16 uh, and that's operations. So that's no friend. We take out our franchise sales and that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. So 1.16 in, uh, in 2020 uh, net profit was good. Uh, we run 25% net EBITDA most years. So like, you know, net, net profit was super good. Um, we didn't know, like you guys, like in March, man, we were all facing the down the barrel of a gun. Like I didn't know what, uh, what 2020 had in store. And we were, we had a really aggressive, a growth, a growth plan for last year. We were looking at 18 new markets and, uh, doubling our footprint. And we just kind of went, you know what, let's hit the pause button. Let's retract, you know, turtle in the shell and just focus on tomorrow and then focus on the next day. And we went through the whole season like that. And it just like, we had an amazing year. Um, I hope you guys did too. I know, I know a lot of people in the industry were, were surprised at, at uh, the resilience of, of the window cleaning industry. Um, and we're looking at 2021 to break all the records. Uh, we're, we want a 35% revenue growth this year, um, just through operations alone. And we're well on track for it. Nice. Yeah. yeah uh, 2020 was great to us. Um, COVID, same thing, March hit. And we were like, what the hell are we going to do? You know, so we we're college students. Sergio grad- ended up graduating in May. Um, I'm in my last year, but we were like, we're going to just have to go get jobs. <clears throat> you know, like we think we did a thousand dollars in March last year. Yeah. But um, 2019, we did 50K. And then 2020, uh, after March, we picked up and, and grew like crazy. And on my, like my trends post, uh, we finished at just over 200K. Uh, for 2020 so as our third year and it was really our first year running the business full-time it was just like a beer money thing for college to make money yeah. the previous two years so uh once last year kind of showed us like damn like we can we can build a million dollar business or even oh yeah our goal is 10 million but because we think the market uh, the market here in orange county is, is really good for that but first question we had for you was we want to we want to make this about franchising because we, it Sure. I think it's going to be hard to yeah, uh, lay it on me. Yeah, to to get another franchise or on because there's so few of them in the industry. But like, can you just give us the rundown? Like, what? Like, why did you decide to franchise? And yeah. and how? Like, why? Why would you franchise instead of doing a bunch of corporate locations? That is a great question, and that's a big question. And if I'm digressing or going down too many avenues, and you got to cut me off, feel free. Um, so we launched, we, we looked at franchising because we wanted to scale owners, um, in parallel to our franchising efforts, we did launch, uh, a bunch of corporate shops that did well. Um, I think in 2019, our, we had seven corporate shops and they did about combined about 400,000 in their first year, which was pretty good. Um, it was certainly less than we were targeting for, but what we found was, there was no ownership. It, you know, although employees were great and we had great people, um, there was nobody that is like you or I who's possessed by their business and who just constantly thinks about it. Those employees would clock out and then no one would be thinking about the next angle for that region or that next angle for that city. Um, 
so we we knew we needed ownership. We know we knew we needed somebody to take the systems and processes that we know work. We know like, and I should tell you, our million dollar uh, location right now, uh, the population is only one hundred twenty six thousand in that city. So oh. just to tell, just to put into perspective, like how well the systems work, um, and and we just knew that without an owner and without somebody like caring so deeply about the business that they weren't going to get there so we looked at franchising and franchising is a crazy world like the legalities and the lawyers and the setups and the hundreds of thousands of dollars that it it takes to build that program out i think turns away a lot of people who have fantastic ideas that would work in the franchise space um but we persevered we got four franchisees running uh i guess in 2018 we launched those four and uh yeah, we just gave them the exact same systems, the exact same processes. Uh, we run a centralized call center here. So all their lead flow comes through our call center. And then we punch out all the jobs to them uh, through a custom built CRM app. And uh, if you guys aren't on that note, using a, a good CRM right now, that will be a game changer in your business. Um, we are. Yeah, we use House Call Pro. Yeah, there you go. So mm -hmm. a great one. Um, so that was kind of like, what got us into franchising is we knew we needed pride of ownership. Um, it also like, it's a pretty significant investment to get into a franchise organization. So you, you have somebody who's not only emotionally invested into their business, but they're also financially invested into their own success. So they're betting on the horse that is themselves essentially. And that's super powerful. Like if somebody puts down their, you know, a hundred K into a business and they're the only one that gets to decide whether it, thrives or dies, that's a $100,000 bet on yourself. So you better believe that, yeah, the system has to carry a significant portion, portion of that. But you as an individual, you as an owner have just bet on yourself. So that there's like an intrinsic drive within franchising that I love. Like I'm a driven person. I wake up, for, you know, first thing in the morning, it's I'm on and I don't turn off until the end of the day. And that's what we see with our owners who in the franchising system, they, they, they're just driven because they have benchmarks and KPIs and goals that if they don't hit them, then their cash flow is upside down and nobody wants to be in that position. So they just push and stretch the limits of our system every single day. And it's, it's fun to watch when you get an owner who's on a roll and they're just crushing their season. It's like, for me, you know, somebody who started as a window cleaner and built a franchise system around it, there's no better feeling than when, you know, one of my franchisees bags like a, you know, a $60,000 hospital project or like does, you know, does something huge. It, it feels real good. So that's kind of why we got into franchising. And uh, yeah, I think that it's an old model that needs modernizing, but I think it's, it's really powerful, um, a really powerful way to connect with owners. Yeah, that sounds, <clears throat> that sounds awesome. Uh, so like what, say I buy a franchise, like what do you, what systems, I know you say systems, but what do they get? Uh, yeah, so that's a great question. So the way our franchise system works is we're pretty much in that kind of middle to low end of, uh, of upstart fee for home services. So it's a $49,000 franchise. And then you would buy your tools on top of that, which uh, the full kit out, everything's about 10 grand. That's with that tank system that you've seen on our website, all the water filtration equipment, screen cleaners, you know, the whole kit, bang, you're ready to launch a business. Um, 
And what they get from us is that I'm most proud of in our franchise system is what we call our back office support network. So the way the back office support works is we have a centralized call center. So every single lead flow that you guys get, no call is ever missed. It comes into the call center. These girls and guys convert incoming calls. In our, our conversion rate over 2020 was 83% on all incoming activity converted into jobs. So 80, 83% of the people from our entire network that called into the call center were converted into jobs on the first call. That's which is insane. That's yeah, it's crazy. insane. Yeah, it blows like most conversion rates. Like anytime we show those metrics, people are like, that's got to be wrong. But then we just show, we're like, no, this is how many calls came in, this is how many jobs were booked over that period. And, you know, it's because we don't outsource our call center. It's literally on the other side of that wall to my right. And our agents know one thing and that's window cleaning and they know how to sell it. They know how to flat rate it. They know how to quote it. And so that's for our franchise owners, that's super powerful in scaling their business because whether they have one truck or 15 trucks on the road, they don't miss a phone call. They can handle, you know, our, our business can handle a 15 truck franchise without having to scale up your administrative staff or your office space or anything like that. And then within the back office support system, there's also a marketing component. So we do what's called a brand fund, which is 2% of revenue from all franchisees go into the brand fund. And that is audited every year. It's always spent on the franchisees right down to the last penny. And that builds out things like radio campaigns and awareness campaigns and provides you with that graphic design. So, you know, your, your business is always doing what it needs to do to attract customers and you don't get complacent in it because you don't, you, you don't, the window cleaners aren't graphic designers at the end of the day. Some of us are, some of us care about design, but a lot of us just care about running our window cleaning business. So that's why you see so many, you know, repurposed friggin' logos and like shady promotional, excuse my language and poor promotional material. Like, oh, good. You can trust. Yeah. It's uh, that's why you see that stuff out in the industry is because window cleaners aren't graphic designers. So they get, our franchise owners get a call center that converts calls at a really high rate, a marketing center that monitors their KPIs and their metrics and make sure that your ads are triggering and your customers or your competitors aren't outbidding you. And like, we monitor all that stuff for them. And then, you know, the last part of the support network is we help them with their accounts receivable. So our call center works on their AR as well. So if you got like delinquent customers, we have a program where we'll call them out and make sure that, you know, they get whole on their job. So you're not losing sleep over it. And our, we have a dedicated franchise coordinator here who has weekly calls with every single franchise owner. They go over seven KPIs within their business, which are usually revenue based, uh, lead flow based, commercial client acquisition, and then your net promoter score and your fleet utilization. And if you have somebody monitoring those metrics and like you just have a scheduled call, basically it's like a doctor's appointment for your business once a week where a franchise owner gets on the call with Greg Perzada and it's like, here's the health of your business. There's nothing hidden here. This is the metrics. This is your, you know, your, your revenue, your, your finances, everything's unpacked in that call. And then you as a franchise owner, it's like, okay, what's your, what are you going to do tomorrow to improve whatever metric is either winning like crazy or capitalize on something that you're not, that we've dug out of the numbers, or, you know, maybe you've had more complaints than the industry, you know, than our system average. So 
what are you going to do drill down into those complaints and figure out what's causing those and like having a doctor's appointments for for your business once once a week is just like if i had that i would have hit a million bucks in six months like it, it's like mm. you know it, it it's crazy the amount of like support that we we give now it, it's a give and take you know franchise owners pay for that support through in the form of royalties but when you can run your business like you know Usain Bolt, the fastest guy in the world, when he's on the track, he's not thinking about his training. He's thinking about what he needs to do. He's like, he has a running coach. The fastest person in the world has a coach and that coach is not as fast as them, but they know how to monitor and check and make sure that that, that your business is doing what it should be doing. So that's kind of how we look at franchising is like, we're here to be your coaches and to assist you in the blind spots so that our franchise owners can be out there crushing it. And that's, uh, that's kind of how the support system works. That's what we bring to the table. And uh, I basically looked at it as a guy who started a window cleaning company and went, if I could have had the dream scenario, you know, where I had all these things that I struggled with, how do I fill in those gaps for our future franchise owners? And that's, uh, that's what we've built here. Dude, when you say, system. yeah, when you say, uh, systems, you weren't joking. You really no, dude, it is down. deep. Yeah. yeah. We're just scratching the surface. Crazy. Yeah, we got systems. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. okay. So we went through the process with Shack Shine. Are you familiar with Shack Shine? I am. Yeah. Go to e brands. Yeah. So we had the opportunity to buy one last year. Uh, yeah. Our buddy owned the Orange County location. We we're going to buy it. But then they said, we've got to consolidate orange window cleaning into Shack Shine. Right. And we were like, no, screw that. We're not going to do that. We already have a pretty sizable customer base, so it's just not worth yeah. it. And then uh, we, we figured we can build the systems on our own. But they, uh, yeah, I don't know. They had like similar things, but yours just sounds like next level. Yeah, well, so, I mean, like they are a huge player in the space because of who their parent company is. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I, I said, I think everybody is as an ally. I, my competitors are just you know, we're all doing our own thing and Shack Shine are doing their thing. I think the fundamental difference between Elite and Lemonade versus Shack Shine is Elite and Lemonade were built by a window cleaner and Shack Shine yeah. was built by a junk removal company. Mm-hmm. And we get window cleaning on a level that I don't think any, like, I, I don't, I would challenge anybody in the industry that put, that looks at window cleaning the way in the depth that I, in, that I do, I, I know they're out there, but like I obsess over this and the systems we build are based on like a deep obsession for perfection and, and drive. And, and that's kind of, that's what separates us. That's why our franchise owners, like they just, they, they dominate. And it's, it's because we understand the business of window cleaning. It's not just the business of business that you need to understand when you're in the home services industry, customer service, deliverables you know that's all that all makes the experience like it's it's only you're only as good as the last one do you clean you're only as good as your mps score and the last customer you serviced so we really lean into and build our systems around that and uh, i think that's what separates us from the pack we're reasonably young we're a very young franchisor like those guys are juggernauts in the space they're still they're relatively new as well they they launched in like 2016 i think yeah, uh, but their parent company, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, oh, yeah. that's the largest franchisor in the world, like our service-based franchisor in the world. Like they got, they have, you know, they have resources that 
we just don't have. But mm-hmm. I also, you know, we've we've gone into markets with Shack Shines and had uh, extremely favorable results. So I, uh, yeah, I'm stoked on what we're doing. And you know. mm-hmm. yeah, you said you don't think I don't, you didn't say you don't think Shack Shine gets it, but you said nobody gets on the level you do. We actually had uh, we had the Shack Shine truck as our second truck for a while, like borrowing yeah. it. So we were yeah. basically running a second truck for free because they had all the equipment. Yeah. But, but I agree. They, like when you say it was built by a junk guy, not a window cleaner, yeah. like some of their stuff was just so backwards, like the way yeah. their truck was set up and we we're just like, this is terrible. Yeah. But, well, uh, that's how, that's what drives that, you know, the ability for us to do $98 window cleaning is like, people are like, the, people really don't understand that the possibility for $98 window cleaning, if you have the right tools and the right systems. And like, when I talk about the systems go deep, when our techs unload the, we call it the job pod. That's what we call those little vehicles. When they unload the job pod, you know, there's a choreographed way that it is done. You know, pole one is grabbed and a piece of line and they go left around the house. Well, you know, tech two is introducing the customer at the door and the system's being flushed. Well, like it's all this dance and we're able to do your standard home, like our, our 2,800 square foot home in like 30 minutes, 35 minutes on the long side, 15 <laughs> minutes on the low end. Like, and that's tires turning to tires turning. They just like, and that's because we know the industry in a way that only people who come up like yourselves as window cleaners can really get it, right? Like, yeah, I think what, what people don't understand when you say $98 window cleaning uh, because that was my thought too. I was like, damn, they're charging $98. I was like, yeah, how does he make money on that? Like, yeah. Right. It doesn't make yeah. sense. But but the point is, is it's just exterior windows, no screens, tracks, nothing like that. And so at the $98 price windows, point, yeah, that's right. It's you're just literally, you know, those and, and there's a whole host of customers. We have different customer profiles. You know, we have customers who want you know, there are lots of customers whose bills are 500 to a thousand to twelve hundred dollars where they have these big houses and they want the tracks steamed. They want the screens through the screen cleaner. They want everything. But there's a whole host of customers that are time poor and they just want clean windows. That's all I'll, you know, they'll pull their screens the night before and they just want to come home to clean windows and they'll, they're willing to pay a hundred bucks for it. And you can bang those. You'd imagine if you roll up to a house and all the screens are off and the windows are there and you got a water fed pole in your hand, how quick you're able to wash those windows. It's, it doesn't take a ton of time. So mm-hmm. that's the, that's the biggest misconception around the $98 price point, I think. And uh, we love it. I'm like the, the longer that that's something that our competitors are not understanding. I mean, that just gives us more market space. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like, them, I like that model a lot. Go ahead. I can imagine how many leads you get with the $98 price point. But what yeah. I like about what you do is that you can cater to all the types of customers, like not just the price sensitive customers, but also the people right. that are not price sensitive because yeah. you have that option to add on other services. And that comes with the brand. And that's where like, you know, uh, Johnny was saying, right. When, when you're, I think you're, you're setting up, uh, you know, he showed me his jacket and like, that means a lot. Like your team look right. They carry themselves right. You know, they, their clothes fit properly. They are out there to do a customer service job. Even if you're charging through the roof, there's a segment of customers that relate to the brand that aren't there for the cheapest price. They want the best service. And if you look like the best service and you deliver upon that brand promise, 
you, you got an A. Like that's that's kind of the how the service industry was built. So um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at on that. Uh, okay. So so to bring it back to why I brought up Shackshine, uh, Brian Scudamore, the CEO, told us yeah. he doesn't make money on the royalties. He makes money on selling the franchises. Yeah. So that's what we, our question to you is: How are you making money with the franchises? We're the exact opposite. Okay. Uh, we're the we're the exact opposite, and that's because um, I don't know if this is a fundamental difference between myself and Brian, or just we look at our businesses different, but we use our onboarding and like when you buy a franchise from us, pretty much all of that goes into launch support and making sure that you guys get what you want out of your business. And I know because I get a royalty off every dollar that a franchise owner makes, the more I can push you for success, the better it is for me. So it's, by by forming my income stream off the royalty, it creates a symbiotic relationship where if I don't support you for success, my income stream is no good. So all I can do to increase my personal business on the franchise side of things is support my franchisees to kick ass businesses. Like it's the best win-win ever. If you guys aren't winning and crushing it, I'm not making money. And that's like, where do you want your franchisor focused? selling franchises to the next guy or focusing on your business so that your business brings him money because he's growing your business. And I think that's like one of the big things that I look at in franchising is that the win-win nature of, I only do, I only get money in my bank account if I'm supporting my franchise owners and they're getting money in their bank accounts. And that's like, that's critical for me. That's a really good way to look at it. Um, so I'd say exactly the opposite <laughs> is where we land. That's great. What's your long-term vision with the franchise? Where do you see it in five, 10 years? So uh, five years, uh, I'd be disappointed if we weren't doing 10 million system wide. Um, I think that uh, I'd like to have inside 10 years, a uh, hundred trucks on the road in Canada um, easily and approaching 50 in the US. Uh, we're going to really be leaning into our US expansion uh, this coming fall. So we've got a few key markets that we want to get into and start to develop that brand presence. Like I said, we did uh, a pilot in 2000 and the fall of 2019, right up until COVID in uh, Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, Port St. Lucie, and uh, Gainesville, Florida. So we had five locations running. covid Florida was the wrong state to pick pre-COVID. Like we just got, Florida got decimated and the cost of doing business was just too high in March. So we decided to pull back on that for a year and focus back on Canada where we can control things a little bit better without having to cross the border so much because obviously our borders were closed and there was no way for me to get down there with my team. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where I see it. Uh, you know, 10, 10 million pretty quick and a uh, hundred trucks on the roads, the next big milestone for us. Nice. So the lofty goal. It's an awesome. Yeah. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, like if you got the system to support it, it just, it just, it's just meeting people like yourselves and, you know, trust me, if, if you guys weren't doing everything right, I would be looking at, at both of what, what you guys are doing and saying like, these are two people that could take an elite franchise to the moon. So like, kudos on doing what you're doing because I think that you're going to have uh, a lot of success with what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. 
Definitely, if you weren't running orange window cleaning, um, Elite sounds really enticing. Or lemonade. Yeah, yeah, lemonade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like that name. Actually, I didn't. I didn't see it on the. Um, yeah, we really try to keep the brand separate, and because we pulled off the gas uh, uh, on the U.S. stuff, we really we like pulled the site, pulled a bunch of socials, and it's all just waiting until uh, we have to get our franchise to disclosure document for the U.S. completed, uh, and then it's back on the gas. You'll see lemonade everywhere, hopefully, real soon. Yeah, so. Hopefully, hey, well, if there's someone that's gonna get that vision done, too, Chris. Yeah, yeah. You, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you guys had, like in your prep questions, that you wanted to go over? That was all the questions we had for, for franchising. Um, I'm just, I have one quick question for elite and it's what, what services do you guys offer? I know it's window cleaning. Do you guys do pressure washing as well? So, um, our, so we do our, our core services are window cleaning, interior, exterior, obviously exterior being water fed, mm -hmm. um, screen cleaning with the screen cleaner. That's an easy add on track steaming so we have steam cleaners people love to see the steam they love to hear the steam i you know as a window cleaner i'm not sure that the track steaming is necessary 90 percent of the time you get by with a rag but when a customer hears and they see the big puff of smoke yeah. that's what they're paying for they're paying for that experience so they feel the clean we also do siding cleaning with the water fed poles and sodium hypochlorite uh, we don't get into soft washing too much we do it all with the water fed if we can't uh, get it with our toolkit, then we just prefer to, uh, you know, another company usually. And then we do gutter vac, uh, gutter cleaning. So um, that all fits inside that little tiny car and it's all been designed to hold all that gear. And yeah, so those are our, our add-on services. We do a bit of pressure washing. Um, usually it's site franchise to franchise. Um, I know one of my franchises bidding on a, like uh, a 10 mile, uh, sidewalk project so 10 linear miles of sidewalk oh all God. around the downtown core um but that's not one of our core offerings we usually stick to uh stick to what we know nice it's, how about christmas lights you ever thought about adding on christmas lights we did christmas lights for uh 2015 16 17 18 so four years i was averaging $55,000 in just under 45 days in top line revenue um and it was netting out almost net neutral it was really hard for us to make money at christmas lights uh one of the reasons being the fact that it snows here and all the roofs were covered in snow and it was super dangerous super like the techs were cold it was wiring them in if i was in orange county I'd be rolling out custom Christmas light displays like, like crazy. But for me and where I'm geographically located, um, we could do it, but there's no money to be made and it was too risky for our tax. So I could see that. I wanted to bring up that value prop that you offer of um, safety. You, yeah. You like value. Do you actually use no ladders? Like, so we use no ladders to wash windows. So we will use ladders to access an area if we have. So inside that little car, we carry a 15.5 foot suitcase ladder. I don't know if you've seen them. They like. Is it like a gorilla ladder? No, they're telescopic. They're made by Metalcraft. And they, it's, it's like they telescope. They're just this little tiny thing. And then it's like almost like a clown routine. You just keep going. The ladder just keeps going up. 
And, you know, we use those to access high interiors or to get onto balconies or to get over fences and stuff. But we really focus on traditional pole training for our crews to do interior high windows. So um, we got a training. If I wasn't on a computer, I'd take you for a, a little tour. But we have a training wall in our shop that's uh, a curtain wall that's 26 feet high. And it's uh, five big panels. So we train all our techs to be able to, like, perfectly do pole work. Like, by the time somebody's through their initial training, they've only been cleaning windows for five days they can do pole work better than I could after my fifth year. Like we focus on it so hard on interior pole squeegee work. So um, that's the one thing that removes most of the ladder necessity. So yeah, we do our best not to use ladders. We do have a, uh, you know, in case of emergency break glass, little ladder in the, in the back of the car. That's, a, that's awesome. I don't know anybody aside from you that's using no ladders. Yeah. 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 It's uh it took a lot of it took a lot of thinking to get to where we are but like you know like i said earlier on it gives me the ability to go to foot locker and get that amazing experience and go i can teach this individual to clean windows he doesn't need to be on a ladder whether he's mm. afraid of heights or not i can teach this individual who gives great customer service how to wash windows and that's like that's critical so how do you how do you clean do construction cleans two story construction cleans uh, 90% of the time we'll do it from the end. We'll crank the window. Uh, we, we also train them how to disassemble the bottom crank. So the window folds out, uh, extra far, and then you just do it through that gap. So we oh. do about, I would say close to 300,000 in post-construction work every year. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Um, don't run into, uh, don't run into that scenario too often. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's all I have. I don't know if you have any other questions to wrap it up there's there's so much more um i kind of want to i want to get you on again yeah sure man i'm happy to like and... you know i am like you know happy to be a mentor or a guiding light for guys in your position it's uh i love the industry like i truly am passionate about it and i just think that there's there's so much growth that's available in the industry because it's so fragmented that uh I'm excited to look back in 10 years, no matter what my business does. If I don't add a single franchisee between now and then, and I just continue doing what I'm doing, I would be just as happy with that. And being able to see like the change, it, it is changing. The tides are turning. We're seeing younger, younger people getting into this and using apps like House Call Pro or Jobber or, you know, the custom suite that we built out and like taking their business into their own hands and not just letting home stars or i guess it's called home advisor in the u.s you know mm -hmm. kind of bully them into being being a part of some system that you know is basically bullshit so um i just love it yeah i'm all i'm all about it so good on yeah, you guys for sure. i feel like yeah i think we could there's just so many things running through my mind i want to talk about but uh we we're just curious about the franchise first but definitely yeah. um i don't know if you want to take my number down i'll put it in chat yeah i actually have a question for chris so going back to like your flat rate pricing and yeah, yeah. being able to have an 82% conversion rate. Yep. Is there anything that you can, <laughs> like any gold nuggets you can give to somebody listening, like how they can increase their conversion rate or um, move so over flat rate pricing? Flat rate pricing was the big lever for conversion rate. That was, that was huge um, because what it does is it gives you the ability to, sell a client window cleaning 
when they want to buy it. When somebody calls you and says, how much to clean my windows? That's when they want to buy window cleaning. They want an answer and they want to say yes. And they don't want to fucking call anyone else. Excuse me. They don't want to call anyone else. They don't want to shop around. If they are picking up the phone and dialing your business and saying, I want window cleaning, sell them window cleaning. And that's why fry, that's why flat rate pricing works. So that's my biggest fight. You know, it doesn't need to be $98. Figure out your own, figure out what your margins are, what your speed is. You know, if it's 150 or 200, whatever it is, give them an answer on the phone so that you can close the job. Don't say I'll come by tonight. They want to buy window cleaning now because they're calling you. That's my biggest piece of advice on that. Um, so you're making it super easy for them. Yeah. It's, it's frictionless. You remove friction. Like, I'm going to go Gary V, but go, you take friction out of the equation. People will move through the process more seamlessly. Not everybody's going to say yes, but you're going to remove friction for those people who are just like, yes, take it off my to-do list. Thank you. See you next Tuesday. Click. Um, that's why we flat rate. That's why I focus so much energy on my call center and making sure my guys and girls in there know how to deliver the customer what they want on the phone because nobody wants to call back nobody wants to get called back that's the worst you know you're going to call me back and then i'm gonna have to try to figure out whose number this is and maybe i won't answer it and it just becomes this big big thing so you know my my nugget of advice without giving away all my secret sauce is uh close your deals <laughs> on the first call yeah do what you got to do 100 agree close those deals and you won't win on every single one but you'll win big on some of them most of them, if you if you build your pricing structure around your history, so you know what you're getting into, because you know your business and you know your speed, um, build your pricing structure around that, and you'll be pretty safe. Well, so, awesome. Thanks, if man. If anybody listening to this wants to reach out or is interested in anything I'm talking about, Elite Window Cleaning, you can find me at chris at elitewindowcleaning.ca is my email, .ca because I'm in Canada, or uh, yeah, just find us. We're, we're out there, so. Well, cool there you go guys reach out to him got any questions uh thanks for coming on chris really appreciate it it was awesome talking to you and you know like i said uh let's do it again because you're, you're an awesome dude thanks man i i appreciate both your time and uh i wish you all the success with this coming spring season i hope uh i hope uh you guys are crushing it you know your uniforms are rad and you got a good brand and uh, i think you're on a good trajectory so um let's get some more trucks in your fleet and uh keep kicking ass awesome well thanks uh yeah and i put my text or my number right yeah. there in the chat I'm gonna shoot yeah, me a text. i'll send you a text here so you have mine cool awesome yeah right. it was a pleasure chris All thanks right. guys take it easy fellas you too have a good one yeah